Hello and welcome back to New Paradigm Healing. This series focuses on ayahuasca-assisted therapy. Our intention is to educate, inform, and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in the Western context. If you want to know more about ayahuasca-assisted therapy and our upcoming trainings and workshops, sign up for our mailing list to be the first one to know about the latest news at avatarhealingarts.com. So hello and welcome back to our podcast, Ayahuasca Assisted Therapy. And my name is Nina Itzel and I'm here again with Casey and we're going to continue diving in deeper into the integration process with the mother plant, Ayahuasca. And today we're going to talk about a little bit the, the Red Road and the shamanic worldview and how this affects and impacts the integration process. So I'm excited to, to dive into that topic with you, Casey. How are you today? I'm really good. Thank you for having me again on the podcast. And um, when we were discussing earlier about the Red Road, this whole um, Red Road topic caught my attention. And um, yeah, so here we are today discussing the Red Road. So I wanted to start with a reading from the book. My introduction to the Native American shamanism started in the jungle of Costa Rica. The red road is a metaphor for a spiritual way of life that is based on seven values of prayer, honesty, humility, compassion, respect, generosity, and wisdom. Imagine if we all lived like this. I started to feel my own responsibility and power. My personal view expanded to more of a collective perspective and made me feel as a citizen of the earth beyond gender, nationality, or race. Can you explain how you came to put this into the book and how you learned from the Red Road and your journey through this. Thank you. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I'm happy to share a little bit about that. Um, for me, the Red Road uh, means more like just living in harmony, living in connection. So um, means like integrating all aspects of our being like the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and being connected with the earth and the spiritual world and our ancestors, honoring where we came from, giving back, working towards the benefit of the community based on the understanding that we are all connected and we all affect each other. And really just the understanding of our spiritual and interconnected and multidimensional nature, that's something that very much resonated with me and coming from a completely different environment and upbringing where I was raised without any kind of spirituality. Um, the, I felt, you know, when I came across with the Red Road that it, it helped me, you know, to complete something that I was missing or I was searching for or looking for and it wasn't addressed, you know, in such a way in a western concept um so definitely the the part about the community coming together as a community and celebrating together and praying together so these types of rituals like um the, the sweat lodge for example are very much community oriented and you are physically together and sing together and pray together and keep the fire together so these experiences create not just you know the theory that yeah i know that we are connected but the experience of being connected and sharing sharing space and 
sharing our hearts and sharing our prayers. So this community aspect that I really kind of, I think I missed in a way in the West where I felt so much more isolated and disconnected. That's really was a big impact for me and also just connecting with the earth and the element of the earth and being in nature and honoring the earth and and acknowledging and honoring our relationship with the earth and then the practices obviously and the ceremonies and rituals all um, embody this also so again you have the understanding and you have a personal experience so for example again in the sweat lodge going and and sitting on the earth and sweating on the earth and being with the fire so the elements <laughs> that that you are experiencing so again I felt that had me so much more to to experience this connectedness with the earth on such a like so much deeper level that you know I was aware more like on an intellectual basis <laughs> before and but that really you know brought it to me into embodiment with this whole honoring the earth that was you know has been my saving grace I just know getting out in nature and, and honoring that and getting my feet on the ground and um, really seeing myself in the plants and in the trees as I walk through has been so healing and seeing these plants is, is part of myself and in a spiritual way has been a cool um, cool shift in my own spirituality it's been really cool and when you were talking about um you know, honoring the earth, this, this story came to me. Um, I was walking with a friend in my trails and every day I've walked, I've walked these hundreds and hundreds of times and there's like trash along the road and he was picking it up. And I thought to myself, I've never, I've enjoyed these trails 300 times. I've never once stopped to pick up the trash. And it was just that awareness and that humility and that lens that like took my breath away in a space to where I started looking at different spaces of my life where I was neglecting the earth and throwing basically my trash and not understanding the interconnectedness of it all. Absolutely, I love that you brought this up because I think that's, that's a crucial uh, point of understanding this personal responsibility and I completely agree with that and I also witnessed many people go through the same experience like I talked to somebody once after after a ceremony after an ayahuasca ceremony and I was like how was your experience and she, he said that oh well you know um, for me before this experience mother earth was a picture on a book you know in a to the and that was like I, I understand that way but after the ceremony suddenly you know I I have a totally different perspective on this and different experience so um, many times you know this happens that once you experience this deep connectedness that makes you aware that therefore you are responsible with all of your actions you know of, of what are you doing every day every hour every moment and you start looking at things from that perspective taking that responsibility and acknowledging your responsibility and therefore your actions hopefully gonna be different and um I think that this is like, I find this very interesting that tribal 
people, for example, people who live in the Amazonas jungle, should peoples, they don't need any, they don't have any rules and laws, you know, written saying don't pollute the environment, don't kill off all the other, like they don't have any of these things. They don't have a court system. They don't have any of these things. And, and they still live in so much more harmony with their natural environment because they have this awareness and they understand this responsibility. Therefore, they don't need an outside structure or a law to say, hey, don't poison the earth because that's you know the water that you're drinking. They are maximally aware and they are acting out from that responsible space, you know, in regarding nature and their natural environment. And I've seen this, this shift of perspective in many people who come from the West and they might have had an understanding of disconnectedness before, but really after the experience, you know, it greatly influenced, you know, their future actions and how do they relate and how do they live and what do they do, you know, on an everyday basis. So I think that's just like a perfect example of that that you, that you brought up. And it can, it can get a little bit overwhelming um, because you do see all of the things, you see all of the things. So the plastics to the words that you say to um, the lack of acting. So taking that responsibility really becomes a spotlight in your face to where it's, it's your obligation and your responsibility to, to start making those shifts and changes. Yeah, definitely. And being an example, I think that always works the best. So if you pick up a piece of trash, you know, people who see you picking up, they're going to think, oh, maybe I can pick up one. You know what I mean? So that's always, I think, the best way to go is like lead by example. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I definitely seen that work, you know, many, many times. Mm -hmm. When I was um, observing the Shipibo community, um, the shaman was, there was one day it started raining and the rain, came, it was, the, there's this field that was just mud. And the whole community came together and had this giant soccer game and there's mud flying and there's laughter and just, I just had never seen such a beautiful example of what community looks like. Um, and there's really nobody who does it quite like these indigenous communities. Can you talk about some of the differences that you've, you've seen in the Western world and in these, um, like this Shipibo tradition, for example? Not just the Shipibo, I think, because I, I had um, the possibility to stay with many different types of indigenous people like all over the planet. So I think this is more like a kind of tribal shamanic, you know, culture that is global, that is not really, you know, connected to just one country. And I observe, you know, the same kind of perspective and attitudes, you know, that these people have many times. Uh, for me, you know, the, the somebody coming from the West, the biggest difference was that we've mentioned a little bit before is that aspect of spirituality that I was missing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like the Western worldview is very much like um, materialistically oriented, <laughs> oriented onto the physical, your, your physical body, your, you know, everything is physical, your machine, your, your genetics determine your, your health and your life, and only what you can see and touch and perceive with your five senses, only that exists. And, um, and science, you know, based on this, so we're all education and science based on this, 
this this premise basically uh, while in the shamanic worldview everything is animated with spirit everything is alive um, the mountains the rivers the flowers you know like they they alive animated with spirit with consciousness and and you can connect to them and communicate with with these energies and uh, they acknowledge that there are many unseen realms and beings and and things that are not visible or perceivable to the five senses nonetheless they still exist and create you know a big part of our reality and they are so first of all they have a natural understanding that this exists and then they have tools and practices uh, how to communicate and how to interact with these worlds or energies or or entities so to say so it, it is such a major difference in a way of thinking and how you look at your life and how you define of who you are and what is going on here that is like like this basic difference i think very much determines you know this 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 uh, difference in thinking so therefore they have a totally different understanding about the medicine and how to work with this plant <laughs> like for example compared to a person who comes from the west and looks at the same thing from a very materialistic perspective so yeah uh, what do you think like um, do you resonate with this or what was your experience yeah especially in the 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 intention behind everything is really what stands out and for you seeing a whole bunch of different um types of indigenous communities do you see they're all pretty similar in how they operate with each other and that spirit is the leading number one yes yes that that spiritual orientation that that understanding that the material is a reflection of the spiritual and the spiritual nature is our true nature and that is you know um big part of our reality obviously you know that 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 influences the way how you think and the, how you act on a daily basis um they also aware of the natural cycles and rhythms you know that would be another i think big uh, difference that i could point out so they are very much aware of this death and rebirth cycle this natural movement of energy of expression and then dissolution and and they are able, you know, to stay more in harmony with these bigger energetic movements while in the West that there is this artificial achievement oriented, success oriented forward movement that there is never a dime time or a relaxation or a recharging or integration or rest. It's always like go forward and do more and do better, which is very unnatural if you if you look at nature, you know, it, it's just not sustainable and, and we can see that. So how do we shift um, how do we integrate all of these lessons that we've learned from these communities into our lives today and, and be that example to help shift all of it? Right, that's such a good question. I think it, the, the opportunities naturally will arise once you have the awareness, as you mentioned earlier, you're walking on the trail and suddenly you realize that there is trash there that you can pick up, you know? So it doesn't have to be something super intentional of making a huge plan, how you're gonna 
live differently is simply just honoring your awareness, your new awareness and what you feel is right. You know, that's what the red road is, the right way of living, what, what, what is right for you or true for you, be, being true to yourself and, and acting upon that. So you, you're going to feel like you're wanting to pick it up or take responsibility or you might feel like you want to have clean water and go to spring and get your own clean pure water you know from nature so there are there are many ways that there is not like a checklist that you need to do i would i would say that yeah mainly it's just acting upon your new awareness and looking what is around you and what 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 are the choices you you can make different choices every day or where you shop, you know, what to eat, what products you buy, what, where your money goes, you know, that's a big, big choice, you know, what do you empower with your money, what kind of people, institutions, or ideas, you know, that, so you have a lot of power, everybody has a lot of power to, to take immediate action, that is reflecting your new understanding and your new awareness and your new experience. So mm -hmm. um, does that make any sense? Absolutely. It, it does. And I, I will say from personal experience with the medicine, it's, it has been a little bit overwhelming because you are seeing um, a lot of spaces of improvement a lot and to integrate in a, in a world that is so noise, so much noise around, um, just taking that space and sometimes it's two, three, four hours a day just to be quiet and listen has been a game changer for sure because it's all inside. And I, for so many years, looked out for happiness or to fulfill whatever it was, but all of the answers are in. So I do know when I'm quiet and can get into that sacred space of myself and listen, like that's pretty powerful medicine in itself that you know, a year or two ago, I couldn't say that I was able to do so. Hey. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's why also we are talking about, you know, period of integration and the, the integration process. And I think, you know, that was my main motivation to do, to create this program and write the book because this, this is the reason why we need integration. You know, uh, like a, a, a Shikibo who lives in the jungle, they don't need integration after the ceremony because they are the integration. Right. They are in the integration, which is the context. It's the community. It's their way of thinking that they understand what's happening to them and, you know, their experiences they can translate. They have culture. They have history. They are with the community with people who have similar experiences their guide the shaman or the plant master you know is living in the community so the guidance is there as well so that is the context you know therefore obviously they don't need to go for a session after the the ceremony it would be ridiculous it's not needed but it's totally different when you go from the West there and take this medicine and take it out of the context and, and then you go back to the West and just for the reason that we explained earlier in the difference of understanding, 
you you will feel lost you know i think everybody can relate who had this type of experience that you have serious periods of being lost and confused or afraid and not understanding what is really going on or how best to navigate because we don't have this context we don't have this understanding we, we we're coming into with a completely different mindset different values different ethics and that starts to be just suddenly shaken you know and transformed and we are like wow what's happening here how how to navigate this and that's why we are focusing on this integration process in the west to provide support and to create this context for people just by doing this podcast as well to to have more understanding of what is happening on multiple levels so they can help more themselves or reach out for specific help or guidance you know which is i think the best thing that you can do because if you have no guidance you know that it's it's very difficult um, to navigate this process and you can you can make it easier for yourself you know if you have guide and support system Mm-hmm. Even yesterday, a friend called and I was a mess. There's just been so much going on personally in my life. I was a hot mess. And even just talking for an hour, um, it was so just somebody who's supportive that says, I love you and you've got this and I'm here for you makes the world a difference. So people like you and who are showing up and teaching and leading, I, I appreciate it all. Yeah, and I also, I think this is great that you reached out, you know, because I observed that many people are in a kind of trauma response that when you feel kind of bad, when they feel down, they feel lost, then they withdraw and isolate themselves. It's kind of, you know, I don't want to be a burden. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put it on you, la, 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 la. Also, you know, sometimes shame or guilt, you know, like like it could be many reasons. Like it is a trauma response because a healthy response is that when you don't feel good, you reach out for support. You say, mommy, help me, you know, when you are childless. So it's kind of like that. And it would be natural to reach out. So uh, many people still, you know, in this trauma response, and and that makes it sometimes even more difficult. I observe this with my clients, you know, that there is definitely periods of. So I explain this to them upfront that there will be time that you don't want to come to the session, you don't want to do it, you don't want to, you know, and that's when you need the most. And I explain that, and that that is helpful. So you know, just the fact that you are able to recognize that, okay, I'm getting, you know, I'm I'm in a downward spiral, best is to reach out, center myself, have a perspective, and then you act upon that awareness again, you know, it's just applying your awareness, and wow, I feel so much better, so there's no need to suffer, you might have been stuck in that state for days, or even weeks, you know, and spiraling down, because the more you isolate yourself, the more lost you are, and it takes much longer, you know, to, to get a grip, to, to ground yourself. So I think, you know, this, is, this, is, this was a great example for that. And yeah, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here. And next week, we, what are we talking about? Rebirth? Next yeah, podcast? we're going to the re- rebirth, death and rebirth, but more focusing about the rebirth and the birth experience, just like personally and like on an individual level and also as, a, as an energetic process. So that's going to be exciting, you know, because the, the um, I don't know if people know, but ayahuasca, the wine, the, it's the tra- one translation would be the wine of the dead or the wine of the spirit. 
So, and the reason why they call her like that is because, you know, it, she catalyzes this death and rebirth process. And I definitely, I think if you ask people that, uh, do you count, you know, like the first ayahuasca meeting, like a rebirth experience, like many people would, would agree that, mm -hmm. that they do, you know, how, how is that? Do you feel like that? Um, yeah, I'm excited to explore this. I've, I've seen and heard a lot of people describe that first one as a rebirth to me. I was like in shock. So I, I think that was the beginning. I don't know if it was the beginning, but I was just like, what, what was that? So I'm super excited to learn more about the rebirth and, and explain some of the things that I've heard in my own personal experience and then yours on top mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. I'm excited. So thank you for, for being here with us today. And if you are interested in the ayahuasca assisted therapy or upcoming training for the first ever ayahuasca assisted therapy facilitator training, then please go to my website, avatarhealingarts.com and sign up for the mailing list so you can get all the info and, and follow us on all of our channels.